It's Thursday again, tell everybody to lock in Grab some popcorn, a drink, and go and throw your AirPods in It's a one-hour show, constantly speaking facts Bulletproof stats are always shooting from Matt And when it comes to Kyle, you getting numbers and style Jake is gonna educate you, he has that knowledge on fire Player, step your game up, don't be sluggish or lazy Or Jimmy J might hit you with a shaky baby Catch him on YouTube or any podcast platform Breaking all the news down like Shaq does the backboards No hot takes, this is where the hottest debate's at Now kick your feet up, cause it's time for Straight Facts What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains, brought to you by the Up On Game Presents Networks. It's my guys, Jake Galley and Stat Matt Robinson with me. We we in the home labs again, ain't nothing wrong with it, because it get a little cozy at home. Uh, our guy, Kyle Sarah, couldn't join us today, but, you know, we're going to hold down the fort for him. But, guys, how we doing? Because we got, a, what, a week of real basketball under my belt. What am I talking about? I, I got two Sixers fans with me right now. I know exactly how y'all feel. Yeah. I know exactly how y'all feel right now. Go ahead. I'll give y'all a little little time before we get into it. Well, I mean, tonight we have Harden, when we're recording this on Wednesday night, you know, we got James Harden about to rock South Philadelphia, about to rock South Philadelphia. Believe that. I cannot wait. I won't be there, but I'll be watching, obviously, for the crowd, and it just should be a great game. Hopefully they win, but uh, yeah. exciting times. Hopefully those we can get ticket prices are high, and those fans are going to get their money worth, money's worth, too. Because yeah, Harden's I mean, going to put on a show. The next event is terrible. It might come back to bite me, but we're going to put up 130 tonight. It's going to be uh, fun. Uh, on the Knicks will be impressive. Yeah, if, if my if my guy Chuck is uh, is listening, he he said in the group chat today, hammer all overs, all overs on every any. I actually bet, any Harden bet, any Sixers bet. He said hammer all of them. I totally forgot this. I hit like a five dollars to win three hundred dollar parlay on the uh, the first the Sixers Timberwolves game. Like some six-way parlay, I hit big hit. Let's go, big, we big hit. We, right. we had a great start. We're gonna parlay this conversation right into our first topic because you see what I did there. Because it, it it makes perfect sense. I know we don't hit on narratives a lot in this podcast, but coming out of the All Star break, our first episode out of the All Star break, it's time to address those things because the NBA got shaken up a lot, and you guys, as Sixers fans, haven't gotten to talk about the the seemingly match made in heaven. That is Joel Embiid and James Harden right now. It's the first thing we're going to talk about. And the big question is right now, are they now the best duel in the NBA? Is that is Embiid Harden, like like we talked um, about off camera, Jake, three-game sample size. But I, conceptually, are they are they the best duo in the league right now, the best one-two punch? Like they, they have to be, right? I can't even – maybe I'm – I don't know if I'm overlooking anyone. Like the Lakers stink. You would want to say LeBron and AD. Uh, Kyrie doesn't play all of the games and KD isn't healthy. I mean, Kawhi and PG might be up there. Ah, they're not healthy. So like this year, you got, you go down to, you know, uh, now, it's, pretty, now it's, pretty about- it's pretty simple. Joel Embiid this year is the best player in the NBA. Right. James Harden, now that he's trying, is a top 10 player in the NBA. Right. That, that, and the fact that they are a guard and a center that mesh perfectly together there's no one close when it comes to a duo. It, it's it's just it's Maury's been dreaming about this ever since he got the Sixers job, and now he's living his dream. Yeah, um, I mean it it, it it's the he hit the nail on the head with it, right? Because we talked about 
the trade, you know, when it went down before Harden hit the court of like, you know, can it work? You know, because in our heads and on paper, we knew this was, you know, something that obviously scheme fit was going to be perfect. But when it hit the court chemistry wise and basketball wise, would it work? And it looks like after the first three games, like timing's the only thing that's got to get worked out, right? Everything else basketball wise is there with these two. Well, what's incredible is Joel Embiid, granted, he's obviously like super gifted at basketball. So it was never a question of, oh, can Embiid really actually run a good pick and roll? But he hadn't ever really done it a ton because they didn't really have the ball handler for it. You'd rather have him in the post now, literally just like throw stuff on the wall and see if it sticks is leading to two. I mean, it's only two games, small sample size, but they're two and oh with winning margins of 31 and 16. Like, mm-hmm. and that's not knowing what each of like not having any chemistry really built on the court. They're going out there and it's working. So the early returns are very promising. Um I do think they still have some holes that they could fix a little bit. The defense hasn't been perfect at times, but that I think is to be expected. Now, I don't want to downplay the Timberwolves game either because the Timberwolves are a good over 500 team and there was a road game, first game playing together, and they just annihilated them, embarrassed them in all facets of the game, 131 to 102, and it's just the beginning. They're unguardable. The only way you can beat the Sixers team is by matching them offensively, which is something... Only, I think, KD and Giannis are able to do. Um, To be fair to the Timberwolves, they were coming off of a back-to-back. So, second leg of a back-to-back. You know, when when the game starts to get away from you, I think guys tend to let go of the rope. But I can't disagree with anything uh, that you said. I think this is... I Initially, we were talking, James. I think it was you and I. Maybe it was me and Kyle. Before one of the episodes, like... You know, if Embiid does get hard in, I think that hurts his chances at MVP. After seeing two games, I don't think that 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 is not true. (laughs) No, no, no. Harden helps Embiid's MVP case. There's no food being taken off of Embiid's plate, and that's great because what everyone remembers is Harden comes in and likes to score the ball, has this high usage rate. What everyone forgets is that Harden comes in as a facilitator too, right? He comes in as not just the scoring guard, but more of a a point guard and a passer. You can see it in the half court. You can see it in the full court as well too. Passing lanes are wide open now because attention is drawn back to the ball handler, not just by one person, not just by the on-ball defender, but by all help, by all wings. All attention is there. So passing lanes start to open. There's still room for Embiid to work. I mean, in the two games they played together so far, he's got 34 and 10 and then 37 and 9, plus 25 from the field or, or in the box score, and then plus 18. And then there's still room for Harden to go too. 27, 12, and 8 in the first game, and then a triple-double, 29, 16, and 10. And these aren't 10, 10, and 10 triple-doubles, 10, 11, and 12 triple-doubles. He's still 29. 30-point triple-doubles, which just goes to tell you that there's enough air in this ball. There's enough movement in it. Statman has the biggest smile on his face right now because he just it's just its just music to your ears, right? Like, when's the last time you you legitimately had a guard in Philadelphia that can do this, that can facilitate the way that Ben Simmons could, but then also shoot and score the way you wanted Ben Simmons to? Like, it... AI had a peak year, probably like 06, where he was roughly that. But, Last time you saw it was was yeah, the, and, was the braided one, and it's and Harden's rocking the braids right now, <laughs> and uh, the it's so simple yet so many people didn't see it. The Sixers, all they did, just from a basketball point of view, 
They looked at their starting lineup, they saw Seth Curry, and they replaced Seth Curry with James Harden. And the fact that people didn't see that as a, oh my God, what a slam dunk move at the time, that is just baffling to me. Because all those possessions where it was five seconds left in the shot clock, get the ball, we'll give the ball to Embiid, he'll get triple teamed, and he can do a miracle or not. All those, you have Embiid and Harden, and Harden's one of the greatest isolation players when he needs to be in modern history. Mm-hmm. And he can do those step, uh, possession said, oh, he'll do a step back three. And that's such a luxury for someone like Embiid. And we we're talking about his MVP chances. That's going to help his efficiency stats because he won't be forced to force up shots late in the shot clock just because he's the only guy that can do it. Yeah, and to me, a a point of maybe concern down the road, but for right now, it's like, oh my goodness, eye-popping type numbers. Again, small sample size, but we talked about the space that it creates for Joel Embiid. Uh, the stat that I think points to that the most, average over the last two games, Joel Embiid has averaged 20 free throws a game. Average in two games, granted, 20 free throws a game. They can't stay Uh in front of him. If it is 1v1 and there is gravity elsewhere on the floor, which was my point pretty much the entire time of like why Ben Simmons should shoot, why they might need someone other than Ben Simmons. Like, could you imagine if Embiid had been doing this for the past three years, how we would be talking about him in terms of the pantheon of the NBA? I don't know. But point of concern, reason I say it's point of concern, that goes by the wayside in the playoffs. You get bludgeoned in the head, bludgeoned in the arm while you're going up. Don't look to the referee for a foul call because as we've seen, you know, the whistle sometimes gets swallowed late in close games as it should in the playoffs. So that's just a, a means for concern. But no, no, no. And I like that. And I actually want to, I want to extrapolate that because you made two really good points that I think both need to be talked about. First of all, let's talk about the free throws because the, I love I'm watching the narrative being painted and being played right before my eyes of James Harden and Embiid wearing the free throw line out and getting all these free. Cause now pretty soon it's going to be that the narrative will be, they get too many free throws or they, ha- they hang on free throws. One thing about this, um, having free throws means you got fouled. And, and, and getting fouled means you can't guard me. If you have to send me to the free throw line 18 times a game, 20 times a game, it's because you cannot stay in front of me. And when I put you in the most deadly combo move, this high screen and roll with Harden and Embiid, you got to foul one of us. If not, it's a bucket. And mess around, you foul us, and it might still be a bucket. Like So that that's that's what this is telling me like, yes, I, I do think you're right. Or, or I do think there's, there's a point to be made of like the surprise factor of look at how many times they're going to the free throw line. But one, this isn't new in Harden's game and drawing fouls. Is not new in Embiid's game? And there is an art and a skill to it. We, we, there are players who make a living, my favorite player included, <laughs> make a late, let make a living on, on knowing how to draw the foul. So like, like, <laughs> When people say, oh, Harden's hurting the game because he all he does is try to draw fouls, it's like, he's he's probably the most uh, aggressive in trying to do that. But you're saying, you're, if you say that, it means you don't remember watching Iverson. Iverson used to exaggerate contact all the time. Wade won a finals in 06 because he exaggerated contact and got to the line all the time. It's something, just because he isn't like as exciting of a player as Steph, People like really ridicule him for that. And it's, it's, it's like, 
I'm so sick of people, like, I see all these idiots on Twitter, like, oh, if you took away his free throws, he'd do it. If you took away Embiid's, it's like, that's, that's. Stop fouling me. Stop fouling me. Yeah, it's it's like, oh, if you take away uh, John Stockton's passing, he's really not that good of a player. (laughs) Like, Like, but, but, but why I get mad at that, Matt, is because. Fouling isn't something that Embiid doesn't drive a wide open lane and, and scream, oh, I got fouled, and decides to go to the free throw line. You got, because you fouled me. If you don't want me to go to the free throw line, don't foul me. But you're going to get dunked on if you're okay with that. Yeah, but sometimes in the playoffs, I mean, they do let like the, the light contact on the arms go. Yeah. If he's And to your point about Steph Curry, no one exaggerates contact going to the rim more than Steph Curry. If you nudge him in the back when he is going for that scoop layup, that's an and one. You have gifted him an and one. So it, the top players in the league all go to the well to try and get free points. And why I think this year, in terms of we talk about playoffs and um, we can move on to our last point after this, but like it was cool when you stuck out Horford and say, oh, oh, we got some help. Okay, I'll slide over, Tyson. Oh, we're going to stop and beat. There's none of that anymore. You can't yeah, do that can't in do the playoffs that. anymore. There's a different, like I said, there's a different gravity on the floor that it's going to allow a different type of freedom. And um, I, I can't wait. And there's one of my favorite players who we could talk about here who's who's also benefiting a lot from these two. We'll talk about him because you have, because you have again, an, another, you know, more, more hidden agendas behind the, the hype for <laughs> the player. But, but no, talk about it because he, there is, there is real hype. There is real hype about there, it. There's a hype. Probably, I don't, and I'll be, tra- I'm always transparent. I am always transparent. I have, if Tyrese Maxey wins most of the player, <laughs> I'm going to win a lot of money. I'm Put that out there. Aside from that, when we look at the numbers, when Harden has been inserted into the lineup, Maxey in the, in the past two games, 10 field goals per game made, uh, I think out of 15 attempts per game, and he's also averaging 24.5 points per game. So like he has become the number three go-to, what Sixers fans had kind of hoped Tobias, in a way, would become with Ben. A third, go get me a bucket. You know, I need you to do something with the ball late in the shot clock. They're taking, they're sliding heavy to Joel, sliding heavy to Harden. Maxi has filled in beautifully. He's incredibly decisive when he gets the ball and he acts mm-hmm. quickly. So when that, when, when the help defense does slide, he is one of the best people. Honestly, it might be an exaggeration, but like of people in his role in the league, might be one of the best guys in the league cutting to the rim on like a, on a pass, taking advantage of help defense. And, and that is like a, a huge point because a lot of people were talking about, you know, how Embiid was going to benefit from having more open space and hard and how Tobias Harris was going to benefit. And that first game I saw, look how much Maxi benefits from James Harden having the ball. And it's not always the, the cut, but you're right about that. He does find great ways to, to penetrate the lane that way. But the being one pass away from James Harden is, is underrated because unless you're going to play Maxi on a complete, like, deny uh, on-ball defense from, from one pass away, like, he's, he's going to be able to get the ball and have room to operate because you're going to have to play in that help defense for, you know, for James Harden's drive. And there were so many times where you said, Tyrese Maxey gets the ball and acts quick and goes right by a defender because that defender is sacking off just preparing for James Harden. Like, that's the the open lane Tyrese Maxey is going to have. And I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't expect him to be the, the third staple of this big three. And I think it only took two games to realize that it's Tyrese Maxey that's the third part of this big three and not Tobias Harris. That worries me 
for Tobias Harris, encourages me for Tyrese Maxey, but I think that worries me for Tobias Harris because I, I, I'm seeing very few spots where he fits into you know the the, the long term of the Sixers plans. Hey man, I, I see I see spots where shake I, I I see more spots for shake in the offense than I than I see for Tobias at moments. Seriously. You could make the case you might want Furcon out there at some times with Harden pairing no, him with Harden. No, no, no. Well, no, well, well, no, well Matt, no. well, Matt, listen, listen. Furcon Fur- minutes are listen, bad Matt, minutes. Matt, 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 Matt. <laughs> easy, easy, big fella. Listen, what Furk can do is become a catch-and-shoot guy from the quarter. What Tobias Harris refused to do is become a catch-and-shoot option. And you can't off on it. James Harden in a beat offense, I don't think he's going to be able to get the ball in his spot, which he wants, and put the ball on the floor and go create. Like he's, it's it's not going to work like that anymore. You're going to have to become a catch-and-shoot option from the outside. He hasn't done that in two games. You know what Frickon Quarkmaz's problem is? <laughs> he's a three-point specialist that's bad at shooting three-pointers. He <laughs> shoots 29% from three this year. That's horrible. Not with Harden. <laughs> not, yeah. not in the Harden well, offense. See. Like, I, know, it's, it's, I know he's like probably like for his career is going to wind up being like 36, 37. But once to, Tobias isn't a dumb guy, he's a smart guy. He's a good team Very player. Smart. And he, he's just got to get into his head that he's no longer allowed to dribble. And if you're not Joel Embiid or James Harden, you get three dribbles max before you get you three dribbles. Yeah, you are yeah, three dribble limit. Yeah, it. three dribbles make a decision. Yeah, I, I just want to before we we can move on to the Western Conference team after this, but like, I it may not be the craziest thing to move Tobias Harris to the bench because like I used to think I know like oh well this is how Tobias Harris fits into around Joel Embiid. Oh well if we got a shooting guard if we got a good guard this is how he would fit into the all. Now seeing it. I don't really know. I don't know. All, yeah, I, I don't know. all I know is Tobias Harris has success on bad teams, and you can put him out there with a bad team. It's called your second unit, and you just let him <laughs> run wild. So let him do whatever be, he that wants. That would be my solution. Free range. That's what he needs. Let Tobias Harris loose yeah. in a big field and let him run around with the kids. Let him be Montrez yeah. Harrell with a little bit more game. Oh, my goodness. All yeah. right. We'll move, move quickly before we move on. Um, are the Sixers still the favorite to win the East, uh, the Eastern Conference? Yes. Since, since Christmas, he answered the question. In, instant, me. yes. Couldn't even get I mean, it out quick enough. They're, 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 they're one of the best teams since Christmas, 21-7. and seven. The Heat, 21-8. and eight. The Bulls, 20-13. and 13. Milwaukee's 15-22. and 22. The Nets have been, ugh, since Christmas, 10-22. and 22. So are they now? I can't ask you guys these questions. I can't. It was an auto. Yeah, it the, couldn't. I couldn't get the yes. So, so the biggest obstacle facing the Sixers in the Eastern Conference playoffs is Doc Rivers. Ooh, it's really tough. that simple. If 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 Doc no, Rivers no, puts no, out these no. these like all bench lineups and wait and just waste away the eight point lead that Embiid and Harden got you in the first quarter. Oh, they come back and oh, you're down two. And that's just going to come back to bite you in the playoffs. He likes and, his players to work hard. And he like, he wants I, to I to just work see, I, I, I'm going to homer and say, yeah, we're the favorites from the East. But I'm just envisioning just me like pulling my hair out in agony and anger at like Giannis. At, like we lose a playoff series in seven to the Bucks because uh, 
Embiid is plus 90 and Harden's plus 80, but we're minus 7,000 yeah. in the minutes where they don't play. I, 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 I think that if your biggest Achilles heel is the commander-in-chief calling the plays, then I don't think you could be... Yeah, but, favorites but to win Budenholzer was what had a very iffy playoff history before last year. Very True. iffy, very iffy, and being the Achilles heel are two different things now. Like you, you like if if Doc Rivers is your biggest hurdle, then then that's tough. Um, but I also don't think you know. I think the Miami Heat probably still should be the favorites to win the Eastern Conference. They're doing what they like. They're the number one seed, and they're still flying under the radar. Like, still not being talked about, and they like and it that way. They are They are the one team that I was going to mention at the end. When you look yeah. at who can guard and beat in the East, maybe you could say Bam Adebayo. Who could guard Harden in the East? Maybe you could say Jimmy Butler. Or P.J. Tucker. Or P.J. Both of them. It's a good, and P.J. Tucker obviously knows Harden very well. Yeah. Um, I just think that they could be a very low-key, very tough team. I mean, I know, I know, but they they don't get talked about (laughs) at all. It's nuts. It's nuts. The best best players winning the playoffs and the Heat don't have are don't. They've done it before. They've done it before. They went to the finals with similar team. They've done it before. Took out all your favorite, took out all your friends and family to do it. Okay? They've done it before. All right, we're going to move on because now we got a Western Conference team we got to talk about. We talked about how we're hitting on the narratives today and what is going on with the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, to, to be fair, when we talked about the five things you needed to know about the first half of the NBA season, one of them was that the Western Conference looked unfamiliar. And our supporting detail was that the Lakers' struggles were not going away. They have not even gone away. In fact, they look a lot worse. They look terrible. They got blown out by the Pelicans a couple nights ago. They lost again last night in a tough one. I mean, it's just, it's really all going downhill for the Lakers. They're now 27 and 34, 4 and 11 in their last 15 games. And like, what was it? Was it, was this structure of the Lakers? Was this set up to fail from the beginning? Was this never going to happen? Or is this a byproduct of just everything going wrong? The Lakers are just a joke and embarrassment of a franchise over the past 10 years. I know they have a title. But that's because LeBron was lucky enough to say, hey, I want to play with the Lakers. Everyone talked about before this year with Cleveland, how Cleveland is a horrible franchise who just lucked into getting LeBron and that got him success and he got him a title. The Lakers have been more embarrassing than the Cavs have in the past 10 years, minus LeBron, because the Lakers are going to have two seasons potentially with LeBron James where they miss the playoffs. You get LeBron James and you miss the playoffs twice, and LeBron isn't bad. LeBron's still really good. He isn't bad. He's averaging 29 <laughs> I in know. year 19. I know. He's still like a top five player, at least. He's, and you're going to miss the playoffs or go under 500 again? You got LeBron yeah. James, you're going to miss the playoffs twice in four years and get a seven seed and only so- win a title because – got an AD trade, luckily, and some people call it a Mickey Mouse ring. I'm not one of those people, but how Kyle do you... How do you so, ever since the end of... Ever since Kobe tore his Achilles, their franchise... Or the year before Kobe tore his Achilles, when they did the Dwight trade, their franchise has just been an absolute embarrassment. And it got papered over and because they won a title, because they got LeBron, but they're such a poorly run franchise. And... I think they're into the wilderness once LeBron retires. Yeah, James and I were talking about that uh, actually on the way home 
and we'll we'll get to it, I guess, before we move on. But it's going to be interesting to see how the LeBron James slash Bronny uh, sweepstakes play out. But I would imagine, and I think you know, Matt, you pointed out like two years you don't you don't make the playoffs, and then you know the other year. I mean, they win the finals the one year, but then the 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 third year they get bounced in the in the first round. And I know that they were injured then, but. This is a really bad look, as you said, for the Lakers franchise. And like on top of that, what's the fun? What's so sick about all of it? They were probably, I'd say, a top three seed, almost guaranteed, if they don't do the Russell Westbrook deal and just do the Buddy Heald deal. Like all of their problems are solved. You have, you still have Kyle Kuzma, who, oh by the way, twenty and ten when he rolls out of bed. Uh, who could have saw that coming? Send him away. You brought in Russell Westbrook, who messed up the entire flow of the offense. You have no shooting outside of that. Like, it just doesn't make sense, that trade. And if I'm a Lakers fan, I know Rob Polink is in good there. He's got to go. Like, that's it. That is an no, idiotic no, no, no. move. Idiotic here's, here's, move. Here's, idiotic. Here's the, here, here's the thing, though. Here's why I don't blame Rob Polinka for not doing it at the deadline. Like, like. You listen to this is, this is preseason. Preseason, I'm right, talking. Right, right, right. right. I, I don't blame him for not making the move at the deadline when it's clear like you should probably trade Russell Westbrook, but he didn't. Uh, but in the offseason, LeBron James wants to, you know, he thinks he has this, this master plan, right, of going to get Russ, going into Carmelo Anthony, and thinking that it's going to work. And if you're Rob Palenka, like that's LeBron James. He's won me a title with the players that he recruited. So, like, hey, if LeBron says this could work, who am I to say, LeBron, you're wrong when it comes to building a team? I've seen him build a team, scrap it midseason, build another one, and go to the finals. I've, I've literally seen him do that. You know when? Le- hold on, hold on, man. Hold on, hold on. But, like, so he, so Rob Polinka lets him do this, right? You know, you, you go and get that. And then at the deadline, it's you know, everyone's clear again that you should probably trade Russell Westbrook and go and make the Buddy Heald deal. And he doesn't do it. And Clutch Sports is mad at him. But if I'm Rob Polinka. You you got yourself in this mess. This this is the team you wanted, LeBron. This this That's is what, not how this it works. What, though. I know it's a, but this this what you wanted to do. You gonna have to play the rest of the season with your team, and we figure out how to get that Russell Westbrook contract off in the off season. I'm not taking a loss on a deal right now. The, like the money's the money's also got to work. So if if you know what. I get Rob Polinka from that standpoint. I absolutely forget him from that standpoint. He's gonna he's gonna catch it because LeBron is he might be the GM, but he doesn't have the title of GM. And that that's the beauty of all of the LeBron inner working. Oh, hey, that's not me. But you told me to trade from well, I'm not, I'm just a player, dude. I don't, you don't have to listen to me. Like, I don't know. You know why LeBron has four titles or three of them? I won't count the Lakers one because he is the one who got AD. Because he wasn't the GM for the other three titles. Pat Riley took the reins for uh for him in Miami, got him to four straight finals, won two titles. He wanted Spo fired his first year. People forget that. And Spo's one of the best coaches in the NBA, and he's still the coach of the Heat. And he won in Cleveland because when he left Cleveland, they got Kyrie Irving. That's why they won in Cleveland. I know, like, J.R. Smith and Richard Jefferson were in Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson was already there. And, like, he did some, like, off the books, not off the books, but kind of, like, little moves here and there to change things up, especially his first year. People forget he played with Deion Waiters for half a year his first year of Cleveland. Um, but the main reason they won the 2016 final, other than LeBron, obviously, is because they had Kyrie to go with him. And LeBron didn't recruit Kyrie. The AD one's different because he's the one who got 
AD there, but they were able to get AD because the Lakers had built up a decent amount of young talent with Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball to make that trade. And it's if you're trying to be a really good GM, you have to put your foot on the ground like, hey, LeBron, you signed a four-year deal with me. I'm the GM. I'll t- take all of your calls, but I don't want Russell Westbrook. That's all i got to say. I mean, and also why I don't blame Rob Palenka is I, I think at some point someone did have to put that foot down with LeBron, not named Pat Riley, not named Palenka someone. waited too long, though. Oh, I mean, that's, I mean, what you want, man? You want to kick and eat it too? You asked him to put his foot down. He puts his foot down at some point. Like, I don't blame him for trusting LeBron to, to build a team to where he sees fit. But I also don't blame him at the end of where it's clearly not working of putting the foot down and say, you're done calling the shots. Like, yes, may, maybe buddy, the Buddy Hill move is a good move for you to make. But you and Clutch Sports are done calling the shots. Like, I'm, I'm done doing what you say to do. It's not working anymore. So... At the end of this season, I'm going to take it back. We're going to go completely back to the drawing board, and I will figure out how to get this team better going into next season. This is your team, though, buddy. And to all of this, we're still in a playing spot. So the season is, isn't over. AD comes back healthy. You go on a mini run at the end of the season, and you end up the 8 and 9 seed. You get in the playoffs, and who knows what happens. But, no, I, I understand why the, the team is set the way it is. Um, but the other point I wanted to make is, I do think it's interesting that it's at a retrospective look. This may not be as much as of as much of Russell Westbrook's thought fault as we thought it was. Like, th- think about it. Russell Westbrook has look. Oh, Russell not Westbrook. Directly. Is, it's not. It's he is not the only one that is playing badly. Not, name you, name another no, person. No, 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 no. I don't. Even I don't someone from the Lakers playing well besides LeBron. No, I don't. I don't disagree with Russell, that. Even Russell West, Russell Westbrook is now in a reduced role. He's playing less important minutes. He's not in closing lineups. And are the Lakers improved anywhere, Jake? Are they improved anywhere? It's, no, but the same reason it's his fault is the reason it was Ben Simmons's fault for things not working. It's what you aren't, not what you are. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're not like if we di- if instead of you we used your salary to get like a twenty million a year shooter, twenty million a year. Right, like right, right. wing, we'd be much better. Uh, and instead, we have you who has huge overlap in terms of like skill set with LeBron. You need the ball. You are a facilitator. Like to go downhill towards the rim. I, like it's just I don't know. It's not. You're right. It's not all his fault, and it might not even be mostly his fault. It might just be a, a group effort there. But he's going to come down with the majority of the blame because he's Russell Westbrook and we're straight facts and, and that's how it is. Not, not just that, but a lot of it does come down to we're paying you $40 million this year and I'm not getting close to $40 million worth of output. So I, I like the way you put it. It's, you know, it's more of what you aren't than, than what you are. But from my, from my point of view, as, as we're what, maybe a month and a month and a half into this new Russell Westbrook playing style within the offense, I don't, it's like it's like man, it's not. Man, it's it was Russ. Yeah, yeah. It was Russ. Like Russ may not be helping, but your problems don't stop with Russell Westbrook. That, that that to me is the indicator. Like they're pretty much dead in the water. They're pretty much dead in the water. I don't know what's going to happen beyond that, but like they just look uninspired. The Browns playing his best ball. They still stink. Yeah, and and that's the that's a really tough thing when you look at this Lakers team. Is even when LeBron was all bad teams. They never seem to quit. 
Like yeah. even even I never seen not that like this like the 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 lack of hope, the lack of will. I seen this Lakers team. I haven't I haven't seen on a LeBron team. Before, they been on teams. before they got AD is what it reminds me of. But they have AD. No, because even, right even 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 that team, even the, the Lonzo Ball and, and Brandon Ingram team, they weren't good. They weren't winning. They didn't look miserable. Yeah. That's like fair. this team looks miserable. Looks like like, like taking the court is I, an obligation. Is I a also job. think Anthony Davis won a ring and was just fine afterwards. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I won a ring. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like I did, I wanted to win a ring in the NBA. I won a ring in the NBA. Great. I'm satisfied. I'm going to go on cruise control the rest of my career. Right, let me get my bag. Exactly how he's played. Cruise, cruise control probably gets him into the Hall of Fame. Like, like if you just, it's just keeps yeah. the trajectory of what he's doing, probably gets him. And to him, big picture, man. That's, that's, that's what I did it for, right? I got in the Hall of Fame. I got my ring. I, I might get my defensive player of the year if I keep going like this. Like I was, hey, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna go, but I do think yeah, I I kind of agree with you. There's something to be said for AD getting getting a little content in that space, and mm-hmm. I mean, everyone has a finals hangover. His might just last to a, a part two, his entire career, and a part three. <laughs> yeah, it's his his might his might go on. But um, so quickly to wrap it up, wrap up the Lakers talk. I think this is a pretty easy answer, but I guess I have to, have to ask it anyway. Is it throwing the towel time for the Lakers because? I do hear reports of trade LeBron now, of of shut him down or shut everything down, and I can't realistically. I just don't see a play, like a they, world where that happens. But is it is it time to you know I, to they, pick it up, pack it in? They should trade LeBron and LeBron in the offseason. Yep, that's what I told it's James when we were driving in the car. Absolutely the best yep. option for the I Lakers. Just, they have no shot of winning a title as they're currently constructed. The functionality of it. How does it even? How does that even work? Do they get Brad Beal for LeBron? Like, what is LeBron's value even? He's never been traded. He's old. Do you, do you, can you value LeBron? What's the, what would you give? I have LeBron James. What could you offer me for LeBron James? Go ahead. I'd give a pardon for LeBron immediately. Not enough. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. (laughs) Uh, If I am Cleveland, that's not enough. I was going to say, like, maybe you go some, some, Combination of like a ton of picks, uh, Garland, Markinen, or not Garland, uh, Sexton, Markinen. Yeah, it's not enough. I mean, it. But if you're if he's gonna walk for nothing, for nothing, you might as they might as well take a package like that. They might as well because he did say he's going with Brown. And, and actually, that, that is one thing. So to answer your question, they should, but they won't. The GM will probably want them to lose as many games as possible. As long as LeBron is out there, that's not possible. So. Unless LeBron gets a little injury and he's out for four or five or a couple weeks, shut him down, then maybe yeah, like the, then it's definitely tangible. But as currently constructed, uh, like no, not 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 without uh, more players being out. Colin Sexton, Larry Mark. Yeah, no, I don't say we scrub that from the pod. Scrub it from the pod. But anything, what could you offer me that I'd be like, yeah, I'll send you LeBron James. Harden, they would do. They would do it in a millisecond. If it was Harden, if they said Harden, it would be a millisecond. Yes, they would. I don't. I don't think there's a world where the Lakers could. Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. What? And then you get you Booker and LeBron that? to play together. I don't, I don't, I don't. Suns wouldn't make that trade because they're happy where they are. Yeah, but. right. No, there's no reason to make the but, Lakers stronger. And make it make the Suns maybe weaker. Like right. you lose, you lose the identity of your team right there. LeBron comes and brings 
a whole different identity to the team. I don't know. I just think that like trading LeBron comes with karmic retribution. Like that's that's almost like a Babe Ruth level type trade. Like no, like not might, at this point. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna play for like two more years. No, they said that about the Bambino. Yeah, well, Crystal, I think Crystal. I think LeBron's gonna play one he's more year. He's averaging one more Jake, out. Jake, Jake, what are you talking about? See, here, here's here's no, where it's like, we, the, it's like the pass letting listen, Rudy go. That's what it is. Is here? It, but then what happened? No, but the, he wait, what he no, with no, our team. No, no, but the Pats weren't going to win with Brady because the Pats were really poorly constructed at that point. So the Pats could not have won the Super Bowl. You tell me right now if the Patriots were if the Patriots didn't regret letting Tom Brady go at the last. He won a Super Bowl with the next team he went to. Yeah, but they would not have won a Super Bowl. And they and they had Cam Newton. They wouldn't have Don't won a Super Bowl. Were, they would have been they, better. This is a, I don't even. They would have been better. They could have been better. This is, this, this is a whole this whole different this whole different conversation. It's a whole different conversation, but what what I what I was going to say is like he's averaging twenty nine, yeah. and this is this is the trap we fall into because he's on a bad team. If the if the Lakers were good, if AD was healthy, Russ is playing as he should, and the bench is producing, and the Lakers are good, and he's averaging twenty nine, he gets the oldest MVP in NBA history, and everybody is saying five years he can play ten. At the same at the same output, if he had the help that he needs to, yeah. the, the exact same game, the exact right. same styles, the exact same right. highlights, literally the exact not, same as Brady. Not, this, not, this this two years, this two years extends to a five ten. No, he actually, doesn't really try on defense. He's not the same player that he was five years ago. And which I is think fine. That but that but that's that was did I say that that was no, nowhere near that was no, none, no, none of that part was in my rant. No, if, if, was Lakers, if Lakers had a if Lakers were a really well constructed team. I still would say LeBron's not better than Joel Embiid right now. Also, that was, that was also not what I said at all. No, but you're going to give him the MVP. If you're going to give him the MVP, he's not. He's not. He's a tier below MVP. He's no longer an A plus player. He's an A player. <laughs> Matt, if if the Lakers are the one seed and LeBron is averaging 29 at age 37 and year 19 in the league, he gets the MVP. They would be looking LeBron? to get him. I would say How at this point they want to get him one more. I'd say they give him the MVP, no doubt. They give him um, the MVP, no doubt. Yeah, I think the, the Brady comparison is very apt just because, like, Brady could have played five more. If Brady played, if I told you, you know, Brady played for five more years, he probably would be about as good as he's been for the past couple of years, two years. I mean, yeah, he should have like, won, won MVP this year. Right, exactly. And I think you could say the same thing for LeBron, but what it will come down to is he'll play a season with his son, and that'll be that because he could play for another 10 years and be this good, but... It's just at a certain point, what are you doing it for? Is how I view it. We are really overlooking averaging 29 points in your 19th year in the league. It's we're, almost we're, a Wilkian type we are, thing. Yeah, we are, we are really because, like, I think we're 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 failing to fathom how crazy that is. Like, we're not we're not putting it on the pedestal that it should. Like, I don't know what player, like any player who's averaging 29 points, right? Like, is, can Demar only play two more years? Well, he old and average of 29. I'm not going to know Like they can, he can play for more than two years more, but like at why, like why, why would he, I like, is that's just at the point of the career he's at. Like what hasn't he done? Once he gets the points record. See ya. Goodbye. Like that. I, mean, I think yeah, he's going to be heading off. He's had, that. he's had, he's had nothing. He's had quote unquote, nothing to prove for years now. Like exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Put him on a uh, my point is put him on a good team. The Lakers are functioning the way that everyone thought the Lakers would, and we're not having this discussion of he's he's being done in two years. We're not we're probably not even talking about the end of his career. I don't we're, know. We're, 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 we're talking about LeBron and a four or five year stretch. Um, but you bring it you bring up Bronny, and that's that's a fun conversation that that you and I were having off camera as well. Because I, I do want to state this, I haven't stated it on the pod yet. <clears throat> LeBron is a genius. LeBron is an evil mastermind because not only did LeBron guarantee that his son gets drafted, LeBron may have guaranteed his son to be a top five pick, maybe the number one overall pick with the statement of saying, I'm going to play my last year with my son, wherever he is, put his son in the league. Dude, if there, if anyone was wondering if if Bronny got the skills or if Bronny could if his game could translate to the league, none of that matters anymore. It doesn't because if I draft LeBron James Jr., I get LeBron James Senior, and that justifies the draft pick. That right there, that justifies the draft pick. I think it was. I think there's a caveat. I, I don't think. No, no we'll- I, I I think I think it was on purpose. I really do. I think it was purposeful that he did that. And and I think he's I think he's a genius for that. I think he's a genius for that. I don't think LeBron's going to spend like his last year in Sacramento. I if think his son's there. No, I think Absolutely. he's going to. No, I think he's going to tell Sacramento, "Hey, I'm not going to play with you. So pick <laughs> the other prospects you want." Well, <laughs> I, think, I, think that, I think he'll do some some backroom deals there. Make so, sure he goes to a place where he wants to live for a year. That that is actually a good point. That uh, is that's fair. But point. like when people are like, "Oh, no, he's not good enough to be picked in the top 10. How about this? Go ahead and ask Sacramento. Hey, would you trade Nick Stauskas, the eighth overall pick, for one year, one, one year of LeBron James and whatever his son ends up being in the NBA? Would you do it? They would, like, I couldn't do it quick enough. Again, like the insta yes earlier in the show. It's like an insta yes. So I think his son's going to go top 10. I do. I do believe that his son is going to go top 10 to a team that had a down year, shouldn't be there. Maybe it'll be the Lakers. If his son's coming out this year, it would be the Lakers. They would have like a top. I actually don't know their picks. Oh, no, they gave away all their picks. Never mind. They gave away all their picks in the AD deal. Never mind. But point, point. I, 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 I see your point. I see your point. I think the, the, Hawks. Spurs, the Hawks or something like that. The Spurs, because they're on the downswing. He could play with Pop. Oh, I don't know if he's going to San Antonio with Popovich. I don't know if he's doing that. I think Braun respects Pop. Playing for Pop and respecting Pop are two totally different things now. To to Might absolutely be good for him. Pop kind of owned him in the playoffs a little bit. A little bit. Best coach to game plan against LeBron in the playoffs, I'd say. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to the second part of our episode. Um, because we had a lot of good discussion here, but now we, we got we to gotta talk about what all these teams, what at least the Lakers, are aiming to get into. And that's this lovely playing tournament that, that everyone talks about. Love it or hate it. It is here in the NBA. Um, so we're going to go to both conferences, the East and the West right now. Early play-in predictions for both conferences. So whoever wants to start can start. We'll go to the Eastern Conference first, and then we'll go to the West. So for reference, right now, the 7 through 10 seeds, and then the outside's looking in. The 7th seed is the Raptors at 34 and 27. The Nets are the 8th seed, 32 and 21. Hornets, the 9th seed, 30 and 33. The Hawks are the 10 seed, 29 and 32, and the Wizards are the 11 seed right now on the outside looking in. One game behind the Hawks at 28 and 33. So, Jake, go ahead. Give me your Eastern Conference playing tournament. Yeah, I think we can expect to see a little bit of an uptick from the Nets uh, in the 7 seed. You have them out, or actually, I won't spoil. Uh, I already did. It's too late. Um, some of us have them rated higher than this, but 
I just think the Nets, like even with KD back, if Ben Simmons tries to reinsert himself, well, he eventually will. I mean, it's an inevitability. But like the meshing of those three, I I think is a little bit different than the meshing of Embiid, Harden, and the Sixers, mm-hmm. just because it's it's more of a um, like like they don't really have to change exactly their role on the team. Whereas you try and add Ben Simmons back to that team, he's got to be some form of primary ball handler to be effective. He's or if he's not then he's got to learn a different role. So I just think that takes some time. That's why I have them seven. Number eight, we have the Raptors sliding down a spot, very competitive team. So that's why I have them ahead of the last two teams, which are the Hornets at number nine, one of the favorite young teams uh, in the NBA to watch. Very exciting team. And then the Wizards, I have sneaking in instead of the Hawks. We talked all year. What's up with the Hawks? What's up with the Hawks? They stink. They stink. The league is the league is kind of caught up a little bit to their scheme, um, and they they may be kind of changing up. You know, the with John Collins, I know uh, unhappy. So I don't know that that's so to reiterate: Nets, Raptors, Hornets, Wizards. That's what I have. I like the ball that the Wizards have been playing with KP. So go ahead, Matt. Before you, Jacob, I, I actually think the Hawks have been playing decent basketball recently. They're uh, twelve and seven in their last nineteen games. They have a plus, They have a positive point differential. I still think they keep that uh, playing spot. Um, I kind of did a power rankings of how of them of how like when they make the playing tournament. How I think how I would rate them. Nets obviously first. I think the Hawks are the second best team. I think the Raptors and Hawks are very similar, and I think the Hornets are just going to be there because I don't trust the Wizards at all. Um, and I just think the Nets have too much ground to gain to get out of the playing tournament realm. Like if you look at uh, Boston, who's the closest to them, they're three and a, they're four and a half games back of Boston. If if the Nets go fifteen and four the rest of the way, and the Celtics go uh, basically twelve and ten, uh, the Celtics still eke out the spot over them. I just think it's too much ground to cover. I, I, as two Sixers fans, I don't blame you for living in this little, you you know, this little utopia you've built yourself, where the Nets somehow slide all the way down to the play-in tournament. Not um, slide, they're there. And 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 you well, you better hope that everything stays because if vac- vaccine mandates get changed, once Ben Simmons comes back, KD returns this weekend. Like if they get full strength, check your rear views. Because here, like here come the Brooklyn Nets, and that's what I think exactly happens. Like like, KD is the first domino to fall. He returns this week, comes back from injury. If a, if if Penn goes to paper next weekend and a law gets changed, NYC, guess who's completely full time? And then you get Ben Simmons, who, by the way, Jake, I kind of disagree with you a little bit by him having to change his role. I don't think it's changed his role at all going to Brooklyn. I think he gets to be exactly the player Ben Simmons wants to be. He don't got to look at the rim that much. I just got to look at, you know, people to pass to. I got to rebound and facilitate. So from that standpoint, I think the Nets climb all the way back up um, and get themselves out of this playing conversation. And the team that they have to, to knock back down to do that is the Cavs. And the Cavs, we already see, are sliding a little bit. We've been very high on the Cavs in this podcast, and as we should, and as I'll continue to be, because they're still a good team. But I'm seeing all these teams, it's the home stretch of the season. Veteran teams start to figure it out. Teams start to get healthy. And the Cavs just being a young team, I can see that they're just not holding on to it 
the way that they were in the beginning of the season. So I'll put them in the play and tournament, but with the first spot. So I have the Cavs going first, the Raptors, then the Hawks. Matt, I agree with you. The Raptors and the Hawks are very similar. I have the Raptors just slightly ahead of them. Um, Scotty Barnes is, is starting to really pick it up in this, you know, this last week. I think that continues. <clears throat> and then I'm with you on the Hornets. Jake, I think you said this. The Hornets are getting there just because, you know, that's that's it, like that's that's their their place. They're like the new pacers of the Eastern Conference. They remind they're, me. Their they, place is, I, is kind of right there at the at the, the bottom of the middle of the pack. Is remember the Memphis last year? Memphis last yeah. year, very similar. Obviously, LaMelo would have to take that next step for them to be Memphis this year. Funny, right. funny note about this. One funny note. If they are the seven seed, the Nets, that is, if they are the seven seed and the mask mandate or the, the vaccine mandate does not change, Kyrie Irving won't be able to play in either of the playing games. They would both be home games, right? The seven seed, and then if they lost without him and they had to play again, like the 10 seed or, eight, or nine seed, they would be home and Kyrie wouldn't be able to play. So that's, I don't think that's, I think it's going to get lifted, but it's just a funny note. It, it's going to get lifted. The, what the mayor came out and said, he, if he did it just for Kyrie Irving, it, it wouldn't be a good look. And so here's, here's what I think. Here's what's going on. He's lifting it because of Kyrie Irving. <laughs> he just can't, he just can't say he's lifting it because of Kyrie. And that man is lifting it because of Kyrie. Like if, it's, if it gets done before the playoffs, it's because he wants Kyrie to play. Because yeah. I mean, that's money. And that helps the economy. He is a, he is a, uh, a Nets fan, I think. The the mayor is oh, a Nets I, fan. I mean, what, why wouldn't well, he? He, he lives in Jersey despite being the mayor of New York, so maybe it's those old roots of the maybe. New Jersey That's Nets. funny. Yeah, taxes still talk to you, Matt. All right, the Western Conference now. Um, the Western Conference, we're going to go through it. Number 17, the Timberwolves, 34 and 29. Number 8 seed, the Clippers, 33 and 21. The Lakers in that 9 spot, 27 and 34. And the Pelicans, Clinging to that 10th spot, 25 and 36. The Blazers, 25 and 36, and the Spurs, 24 and 38. On the outside, looking in, Jake, I need your Western Conference. Yeah, so I really like what I've seen out of the Timberwolves. Um, I think that they have, we talked about it, uh, I think it maybe been one or two episodes ago, but they've made pretty good strides for uh, what they have been in the past couple of seasons. I expect that youth to kind of carry them, finish out as the seventh seed. Um, then I have the Clippers, who, again, kind of similar reasons. Kawhi is supposed to come back the month the playoffs start, so 15 days pretty much before the playoffs start. I don't know if that's enough time, and I don't know if he's going to come back um, at all, really. There hasn't been a ton of talk about it. But uh, with that possibility and with where they're positioned, I have them at the 8 seed. I have the Pelicans at the 9 seed. They've actually been pretty impressive with C.J. McCollum. McCollum averaging 28 points per game since getting there. There's only one thing. They're one of the best rebounding teams in the league, too. You know where they hurt? Effective field goal. or Yeah, effective field goal. Is it efficient field goal percentage or effective? Effective. Field goal? Effective. Effective field I goal. Wonder, I wonder who would help that. I wonder who would help that. Some, I'm not, oh, man. I oh, just emptied the clip. You almost red button. Almost there, red button yourself. There, 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 there was some mean things I was about to say about my man Zion, but I won't say them. <laughs> they would just be better. If he was there. So I have them in the nine seed. And then 10 seed. You had a Zion bet that's about the tank or something? No, not, not that's Zion. That's a weird bet. level of disdain. Weird it was about to be disdain. a personal attack on him. But <laughs> uh, the last the last seed I have as the Lakers, I think they're going to try and do a little bit of a slide. It would be smart for them. to. You're not winning the title this year. You're not. So if you want to go ahead and put more miles on LeBron James in this play-in tournament and then go after you win those games and, and futilely you know, face off against the Suns, go ahead and do that. But I don't think that's the right move. I think they should try and bottom out. And if LeBron's out for a stretch, I could see them sliding um, Lakers in the 10 seed. 
Matt, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, for me, I really like the what Minnesota's done this year. I really like how Anthony Edwards has progressed. I think they're they're another Memphis-ish kind of team. If Anthony Edwards takes the third year leap like John Morant has done this year, next year, um, I think they're if they they had they could have had a shot to pass Denver, but uh, they're just too far out. So I have them at seven. Um, Clippers. Uh, I just think Tyloo's done a great job this year with nobody. Uh, uh, all things all, considered, right? Yeah, yeah, all things considered, uh, have a winning record despite only having Paul George for 26 games and no Kawhi. Uh, there should be some coach of the year conversation about him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But And the Lakers are just a mess, but the West is a mess after you get past the top eight. So they're there. And I think the Pelicans are just bad, and I think they have really bad chemistry. And I just think the Spurs, their competence and everything will kind of put them into that final play-in spot. I, for what it's worth, I actually did have the Spurs where the Pelicans are, and I was like, nah. nah. Uh, their, their, their advanced stats are ugly. ugly. Well, yeah, and and, and, and I'll, I'll get to why I made that decision too, Jake. But um, for mine, we both, or, or me and then you two, have the Clippers and T-Wolves flipped. I have the Clippers first, and I agree with you guys about what's been going on in Minnesota. We highlighted them. But the mere fact that Ty Lewis kept this team afloat and we're seeing good games out of Luke Kennard, we see Reggie Jackson finishing games. Like, there's things there. And they do get Paul George back. They they hope to have him back next week. So if he comes back and, you know, is, is pseudo the Paul George he was before his injury, where we gave, we gave him all the praise, we stripped him of the Pandemic P nickname, right? If he comes back like that, the Clippers, I think, go and leapfrog the T-Wolves and, and start to make their way up that Western Conference. Like Matt said, that they might have just too short a time to do that, but I do think they start making their way um, up towards that Western Conference and then obviously have the T-Wolves right after them for all things considered. And then you're right. After that, like, you take a look at the teams after the eight seed in the Western Conference, and it gets real, like, ugly looking. Like, it's like, do I have to? Like, I guess if I got to choose two teams, I'll choose the one LeBron's on, and I'll choose the one that's – who's in the 10th seed right now? The Pelicans? Yeah. I guess I choose that one. Um I, I don't think the I don't think LeBron lets the Lakers completely get out of a playing spot. And I think being in that last spot, there's a point of like there's a point of pride there. We're not the last one. We're gonna get in in and around the ninth seed. And then you're talking about the Trailblazers, the Pelicans, and the Spurs, right? <laughs> well, the Pelicans are bad, but they're not as bad as the Trailblazers. We can get the we can get them up on out of here. And then when you talk about the Pelicans or the Spurs. You're splitting hairs, and to me, CJ McCollum beats DeJounte Murray in a I need to get into a playing game or, or, or a yeah, playoff scenario. Been there before. So, yeah, yeah, that that I kind of just the scale just kind of tips towards CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram's way over a over, you know, uh uh DeJounte Murray. Also, Matt, watch how you talk about Jonas Valanciunas, bro. Like they don't have a superstar <laughs> on that team. All right. Third, third team all NBA, baby. Third team. You can book third, it. Can third book team. It. Third team. Oh, that is great. All right, so we rounded out our, our play in tournament scenarios. We might have to do a, you know, a comeback and check on this because we know this is very subject to, t- to change, especially that Western Conference because it gets really gritty down there. But we're almost out of time for this shot or for this episode of Straight Facts. We can get some shots about the buzzer as we always do. Who's got a shot at the buzzer? I got a shout out my Liverpool Football Club for winning the Carabao Cup beating Chelsea in penalties after a 0-0 draw after extra time. Uh, Their first trophy on the quest of the quadruple, which is very unlikely, but they won in the FA Cup today, so on to the quarters of that. They're doing really well in the Champions League. 
Got a really good shot at the Premier League. But I want to talk about the final because something very funny happened in it. Because Chelsea's goalie was great the whole game. Then at the last minute of extra time, they subbed him out to put on their spe- their penalty specialist goalie, uh, someone Kepa. It's like a weird... Anyway, so their penalty specialist, every single Liverpool kicker scores their penalty, including Liverpool's goalie. So then Kepa has to take his penalty. He skies it a mile over the bar. So he, they took out their star goalie for their penalty specialist, and he did as worse of a job a goalie could possibly do in a penalty shootout, let every single goal in, and then skied his penalty. No way. That's pretty cringy. Also cringy <clears throat> along those Liverpool lines. There's this kid, uh, his name's Paddy Pimblett, and he is a UFC fighter from Liverpool, wrote an article about him, tagged him in my Twitter post, and he responds, and I'm really excited. Oh, let me see what he said. I compared him to Conor McGregor because he is in a lot of ways like Conor McGregor, and he's like, great article, one problem. I'm Scouse. I'm not from Ireland, which I guess is hmm. Liverpool. The Scouse is Liverpool, yeah. And I have never heard that before. But that's, <laughs> that's just so typical of something that, oh, finally, I get a UFC star to respond to my tweet. Oh, oh, he's correcting a major error I should have never made. <laughs> um, really, really quick, uh, I'm about to get turned at JD McGillicuddy's and watch Harden pour in some buckets. I cannot wait. There you go. Is that your quick at the buzzer? That As is. Harden might, oh, Harden, might hit, Harden might hit one at the buzzer tonight. Um mm-hmm. Uh, really quick, I'm sorry to end this on, on a, a sad note, but I heard about this on my drive home from work today. Um, my thoughts and prayers are with the Stanford women's soccer team. Um, their captain tragically passed today. I haven't been able to read up on exactly what happened. Um, I just kind of just saw the Bleacher Report tweet, and it said that she passed. So my, my heart goes out to all the members of, of the Stanford, not even just women's soccer team, but athletics team, all the Stanford faithful um, and anyone who was affected by that, you know, I, I really hope that, you know, her, her family and everybody will, will be able to, you know, just to be strong around this. And then just, yo, know, just make sure you hug, you know, your, your friends and family, your loved ones, just a little extra tighter tonight. You know, tell the people in your life who you appreciate that you appreciate them. You love them. Cause just freak stuff happens, man. I, I don't, I don't want stuff like this to get me to go overboard, but it really shows you that, you know, life is fleeting sometimes. So appreciate you boys for, for what we do here on the yes, podcast. Sir. Yeah. All my friends Same and family you, out there. Look, yeah. Love y'all. Love y'all, man. Love y'all. But that's all the time we have for this episode of straight facts. It was a good one. Shout out to our guy, Kyle Sirik out there who I'm sure is tucked in cozy and ready for the tip off of this Sixers game uh, for everyone up on game presents network. And for my guys, Jake Galley and stat Matt Robinson, I am James Jackson. These have been the facts straight up. <laughs>